The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 48, where we're going to be talking all about finding creativity with structure. I'm super excited to share this interview with you guys because uh, this fellow business owner is a mastermind sister of mine. She's super, super savvy with marketing, but she also is just a total creative entrepreneur through and through. Uh, But first, I want to talk to you about an upcoming project that I'm working on. It's called the System Save Me Summit, and I'm bringing all my systems buddies together to create a really, really awesome event in August. Uh, And if you want to get on the waitlist, go to systemsavemesummit.com slash waitlist. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsaveme.com for show notes and freebies. Now let's get ready to dive into finding creativity with structure. Hey y'all, I'm so, so, so excited to share this guest with you today. Jacqueline is a fellow mastermind sister of mine and she is brilliant, y'all. She's, she has such a marketing mind and whenever I get super flustered, with marketing, I know that she can just shoot some really good nuggets my way and then I'm like set for life. So um, Jacqueline, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It's so awesome to be here. Hi everybody who's listening. Thanks for joining Jordan and I. Hope you guys are doing just as well as we are too. Yes, 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 yes. So let's go ahead and start off by you talking about yourself and your business. Oh gosh. Well, it's kind of interesting because I'm in the marketing space. And when it comes to me talking about myself, uh, (laughs) I'd much rather sort of be like behind the scenes and helping people. But for those of you who, you know, are wondering who is this girl that Jordan has on the podcast today? um, I'm actually what you'd call a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I went to school for uh, music, singer, songwriter, and dancer by trade. Thought I was going to move out to Los Angeles and work in the entertainment industry And I won't tell you how many years ago, because that'll reveal my age, um, (laughs) but many years ago when the internet came about, I found a very uh, natural, you know, career path in digital marketing and internet marketing. And it had to do with this idea of being a very creative person, but also really wanting to be able to monetize my creativity and really being able, wanting to be able to help people. Um, So I started off as a consultant with a small social media boutique company. I was really focused on, you know, content creation, community management, word of mouth grew. I started working with a lot of agencies and I was still helping them with, you know, social media marketing services, primarily building their community, knowing what to say, uh, starting to understand what their online footprint was telling them, but also teaching strategy to the people that I was working with. Um, And I started to see that, oh, okay, I really have a knack for teaching and I love teaching. So at present, I've been teaching digital marketing in LA for about two years now for General Assembly. And moving forward, I'm going to be rolling out some online trainings and classes on my own. of all trades. After (laughs) them all, I assure you, that's the gist of it. And if I sing on this podcast at any reason, now you know why. (laughs) Just letting y'all know in case. Never know. I love it. So I'm excited because this topic, I a hundred percent 
um, love talking about because um, I tend to draw a lot of creative entrepreneurs as my clients uh, because they are, when they think of structure, they think of corporate. And when they think of corporate, they want to vomit. So um, it's, it's this whole notion of how creativity really flourishes in structured and boundaried environments. And I'm not meaning like total cement walls boundaries, but I mean, there are some boundaries um, yeah. and there's some structure going on. And so I'm really excited to kind of get your take on your experience as a creative and putting these, starting to put these different structures and processes in place to support you in business. Um, so kind of go ahead and describe what your business was like when you maybe were just riding the creative train thinking systems were for people in suits. Oh, Lord, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you the first was. two things that the business lacked. Number one, monetization and an, an idea of what, you know, growth looked like from a financial perspective, totally. um, probably even, you know, just like a solid foundation of my worth, like knowing what I should be charging and, you know, knowing what was going on in the marketplace. So it was almost just like at the time when I started my business, I was doing email marketing. I was getting paid. To, oh, I was blogging. Um, when blogging was like at the very beginning, I was doing a little bit of social media here and there. And in my mind, I was like, well, why should I have to make a lot of money doing these things when I get to do what I love? And, you know, there, there wasn't necessarily a direct compensation example in place or there, I didn't have the tools as a creative to this is so-and-so, this is Jane. And Jane had this, you know, social media marketing agency that she built and she started off with one employee and X amount of money and grew. So yeah. financial modeling and all that. The second thing was time management. So I learned that there is a difference. I learned the hard way that there's a difference between someone that's got the freelance mindset and, you know, like I've got the, you know, this here and now kind of persona and maybe you charge a little bit less versus that entrepreneurial mindset, that entrepreneur, the book that really helped me understand the difference between the two is E-Myth and this idea of, you know, the entrepreneur, even if you're going to remain a solopreneur, what is the vision that you have for that business? And what is your management capabilities? Like, how do you even manage yourself? And yep. I remember like, I would wake up in the morning when I first started and the first thing I would do is drink a cup of coffee. I would skip breakfast. I was lucky if I had lunch. I just thought that I had to be busy all the time. And at the end of the day, I would go to a networking event and come home and crash. Well, yep. I had to change the business, especially as I started looking at you know, what other successful people, people that, that I, you know, that were like me, that were creative, right. uh, that I could relate to. I wasn't trying to be something I wasn't that were yeah. like, this isn't a sustainable way to work. And I feel like a lot of creatives, we feel as though I don't have to charge or I don't know how much to charge. And the whole idea of charging makes me uncomfortable. Therefore, here's a number and I'm cool with that. And then yeah. the other aspect is like just this idea of time. Um, in the creative space, you know, it's often like, well, I want to be very flexible and open with, right. you know, my time, but you have to be that manager of your time in order for your art, your projects, your businesses, whatever to grow and thrive your vision, you know, hundred percent. Yep. Cause your calendar will totally take over your life if you let it. And if you let other people manage your calendar, 
like that is such a fast way to burn out. It's like, no, thank you. Um, so I love that you brought that, that specific thing up. So then kind of what was the breaking point or maybe there was something that happened um, or a thought you had that inspired you to then finally put something in place, those structures and all of that stuff? Sure. I mean, a couple of things. So I was big on going to a lot of events and learning from as many female entrepreneurs as I could. And one that really caught my attention was this party planner out here in LA. And, you know, she had done these like really amazing, huge events and like celebrity attended events. But she explained that when she started bookkeeping and tracking her time and and realizing how much she was being compensated and how much time she spent on everything, it equaled out to like $7 an hour. And she wrote a book that was called, but am I making any money? I think her name is Marley Maher, if I remember correctly. And so that made me open up my eyes because it wasn't even just a matter of, you know, not being able to manage my own time, but efficiency. So learning how to have quality control, but how to efficiently work and not spend, you know, five or six hours fixating over something. Um, And so reading that book and hearing from her, I was like, okay, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, which allows me to have analysis paralysis. One, number two, you know, people are paying me a certain amount of money. And I think I'm working a certain amount of time, but because there's no tracking and no system in place, I'm not making as much money as I think. Um, And the third thing was just this overall feeling of I'm tired and is this sustainable? And to be honest with you guys, I had something happen with my family. My dad got really sick. And by that point I'd started, you know, getting better about embracing systems and I'd started having an employee, but that's when I was really like, okay, you know, your business needs to be set up so that if you're not involved, it can still run. And the same should be said for if you're freelancing or whatever the case may be. Um, so those were, that was sort of like my pinnacle, like reading that book, hearing her speak. It wasn't like this, oh, I just woke up one day and was like, this is the way I'm going to be. You know, it was like the calm, bef- it was like the perfect storm ingredients. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I get that. And it usually it is. So kind of then once you decided, all right things got to change, kind of walk us through some of the steps that you took, you know, it doesn't have to be in in the same order or anything, but just, you know, three to five things that you just were like, okay, these, these are the things that I'm going to change in order to get the result that I want, which is more freedom or more time for creativity stuff like that. Okay. The first thing was no more doing it alone. So right then Mm -hmm. and there, I hired somebody to come over and help me you know, it's very much like out of sight, out of mind. So I hired someone to come over and help me set up some automated invoicing for my clients to save nice. me time on that end, yes. um, as well as allow me to get paid by like credit card or check. Yep. Second, you know, at that point I didn't have like QuickBooks or anything like that for my business. And reading that book was like, oh, right. I'm good at, you know, income in and income out, but it was setting up right. um, what's now go daddy bookkeeping. So the person that I hired was like, I'm going to come down. I'm going to sit down with you, um, starting to utilize. So the, this was a big eye-opening thing for me, especially being in the digital marketing space, utilizing written planners, utilizing written checklists and paperwork. Um, so I went out and bought a physical planner for myself. I think I had, I'd always use that. And then I got away from that, the more digital we got. And I realized that, you know, if it's not, if it's in my phone, 
it kind of gets like, okay, it's cool. It's there. Yeah. But if it's written down in a physical planner in front of me, it yeah. just, I'm that much more visual. Um, mm -hmm. So embracing the written planner. And then I would say, oh God, I used to hate to-do lists and the word itself to-do yeah. list, just <laughs> I know. from a creative perspective. So I changed it to priorities equals prosperity. I heard that somewhere and I was wow. like, if I prioritize these things, I'm going to be more prosperous. So every single night I started doing the priorities equals prosperity list. And those things alone were the initial catalyst. And then once I mastered those things, I started to add a little bit more structure and a little bit more structure. I think that's where people go wrong. You either are like right. super rigid right. and you try to do everything and change all your behavior all at once. Yep. Or you do one thing and you kind of, you know, you have to push yourself a little bit, but you have to be true to what's going to work for you. And those were the things that worked for me. Yeah, no, I love that. I think whenever you make drastic change, it just, it's not sustainable um, in my personal opinion. Right. Um, and I think that it also, it, it, people get, people hate on hacks and I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it that I'm unaware of, but whenever I've just like, hacked something little right here, hacked a little something little right here. It, it tends to just little by little, it all builds on itself. And then, you know, you kind of get momentum and then sometimes you need like a really big shift for some reason. But um, to go from like a total big shift to another, that's really tricky, I found anyway. And for me, obviously, I'm coming from like super rigid systems person, but I you know, recently have definitely recognized the power of flexibility and the power of saying no um, to doing all the work. So it's like, you know, I can embrace this creativity side because when I took my success about alcohol, I was probably the most creative I've ever been. Um, and I don't see that as a coincidence. Um, so it's, you know, being able to intertwine more of those times away from my business to then allow the creativity to come in. And then I can still have my structure to make me feel good and supported. Um, but there's a balance for everyone. And maybe, you know, people's balance levels are different. So I don't know if you have like, you know, kind of, um, I guess, insight into that as far as just how you balance both of those and oh, yeah. all of that. Well, the first thing, I'm glad you brought this up because as I was thinking, as you were explaining this, I was thinking like I had to allow myself two flexible days in my schedule. So it was like Tuesdays and Thursdays were like the days that I could be a little bit more flexible. It since sort of shifted now to like, um, believe it or not, like Mondays and Fridays, but back then it was like, all right, Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be my flexible days. Mondays and Wednesdays are going to, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are going to be, you know, very specific. I've got to do this amount of execution, this amount of client work. Um, and that initially helped me. I would say the second thing that I hope people take away from the podcast today is that some people just, they, we like the way certain softwares and certain you know, programs function. Trello for me gives me a headache. I look at that thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like so, the me my brain is just, okay, now I got to slide this over and whatever. I'd much rather use like Basecamp or something like that to organize products. And I think that just like you have to be true to your, your genuine personality and your nature and your creative strengths, a painter yeah isn't going to start trying to go and be an opera singer all of a sudden that would not right. work. 
same <laughs> right. thing with regard to starting to embrace these systems. Mm-hmm. There is a structure and a system for everybody, but if you try it for like a week and it doesn't work for you, or if you try it for 48 hours and you find that you're more overwhelmed, it's supposed to minimize your overwhelm. So I would say, you know, the first thing is um, when can you give yourself, you know, some creativity time? And, and part of that also came from not just working in your business, but working on your business, being able to kind of take a step back, um, you know, so making sure if you can only give yourself one day a week right now, and it's Friday to kind of be your creative right. artist date day, as we say in that book, The Artist Way, which I recommend everybody go out and get. Oh, yeah. Um that and then find the things that truly work for you as I did for me. Like I will move over to QuickBooks. I will have a bookkeeper help me, but GoDaddy bookkeeping has worked and served me so well for so many years. Yeah. I love it. You know? Yep. So those are yeah. my initial thoughts. I know. Yeah. There's a lot of software jumpers <laughs> that see, you know, Oh, new Kajabi came out and I'm going to switch all my courses from, whatever, teachable to new Kajabi just because it's new and shiny and everyone's talking about it and my mentor person is using it. It's like, but if what you're using right now is working for you, then why are you switching? Like, yeah. I, I don't switch software unless it's becoming inefficient or not serving me anymore. And, you know, that recently has come to a thing because uh, Actionetics I was using with ClickFunnels and I'm having to switch everything over to ActiveCampaign, which is a big pain in my rear. Um, but it's going to bring down my customer support headaches. So um, it, it's okay. You know, I wouldn't normally just like switch my email marketing software, but it is crucial to bring down the amount of emails that I am having to say about you know, logins, or I didn't get that email you said you were going to send and all of this stuff. Um, and I'm, so not only am I having to take out my email marketing uh, automation up, out of ClickFunnels, but I'm also taking out my membership stuff. Wow. So I was like six, um, like mini courses in there. And while there could be a lot more stuff to move, it's still a lot. Um, and so I'm having to move that out into um, my WordPress membership plugin thing that I've just got and have been playing around with. So, and again, I wouldn't have taken any of that out if ClickFunnels was working for me and being efficient. Um, And so I think it's important to always audit and the word audit is so ugly. I wish there was another word. Do you have another word for audit? Like, I mean, I I use audit. How about monitor? How about scan? How about, you know, review? I mean, really, when you're talking about auditing something, I think people hate that word because the IRS, we're going to audit you doing something or something, you know, you're just looking at, you're looking at something from a, a, an overall perspective of, is this working? Is it it not working? What, where are the opportunities where this could be working better? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's like, you know, taking, you know, every, I don't know, three months or so, probably quarterly, I guess then is that I do take a look at my software. I do look at how, you know, how I'm spending my time. If I'm spending a lot more time on customer support when I hadn't normally before um, and why that was and where else, you know, I could be automating things that I'm doing manually still. Um, I talk with my team. So I'm like, Chelsea, where, where are we been being inefficient? Where can we figure out a, a hack or something to get it off your plate. Um, so, it, you know, constantly reviewing it, it sounds like a lot of work, but 
if you do it on that regular of a basis, then a year from now, you're not having to like totally reshift a lot of things in your business. Um, so is that something that you tend to do or? Yeah, I'm shaking my head like, yes. And I think you brought up a good point in that a lot of, a lot of us start, you know, businesses based off of an idea, based off of a passion, maybe even based off of a previous place of employment where we were like, things are taking too long, or I hit a glass ceiling and I want to be earning more money, or I want more location independence. And I share that to say that we tend to come from a very specialized place. And all of the sudden you go from being that expert and that specialization to now being a business owner. And so one of the things that you were talking about, because it's your domain and it's your strength is like knowing all of the processes of your business. Well, when I first started, um, you know, having more and more wake, wake up moments, one of those wake up moments was when I was in a business program, the Tory Birch Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program, and yeah. they had it start to figure out when a customer comes to your website and fills out your inbox form, what are all of the steps and things that take place that need some sort of checklist or optimization? And I feel like for creatives, the sooner you can start to identify those things and know this mm. is like the 10 step process or 12 step process for every single thing, even for somebody emailing you to inquire about your business, that's when you're then able to go in and on a quarterly basis or a monthly right. basis say, how much time should this have taken? How much time did it take? Mm -hmm. What were the results? So, you know, now because I'm equipped with that, like when I have people working with me, it's all right, how long did something take? This should be getting done faster. Yeah. Um, but that first step to sort of just take it back a notch yeah. is in fact making that list of, of each of those things that you need to do. Yeah. 110%. Yeah. And, and I love your priorities equals prosperity list. I like that, that languaging. Um, I love to do lists, so I don't have necessarily a negative connotation, but I also like your shift of that. Um, because it, so many people have everything's a priority and that like literally is the opposite of the definition of priority. Um, because you really have to say, okay, what is, what is my number one goal and is what I'm doing getting me closer to that goal? Right. If, if it is, then it should be a high priority. If it's not, then it should be low priority. Right. Um, and so, you know, with that, it, it's hard to make priorities as a business owner. Um, and it's not necessarily fun, um, but it's, it, it's crucial. And I'm sure as creatives, how do you navigate that? How do you start to be like, what are the questions that you have to ask yourself to understand if it should be a priority or not? I mean, first things first, did I get paid to do this? So, I mean, if it like, listen, I love blogging. I love, you know, making videos. I love doing anything that is, you know, some form of content creation, even posting to my Instagram. But as of late, I've had a lot of client work. And so if a check has been cut and I'm being paid for something that has to get done first and foremost. And, you know, I do balance that with, okay, you know, am I making sure to go to the gym first? And the first thing I do every morning is have a cup of coffee. That is like priority. <laughs> yes. No cup of coffee, nothing's getting done. Right. Um, but after that, I would say, you know, at the beginning of the week, outlining and writing down all of the things I have to do. And from there, 
starting to look at which of these things have I already been compensated for that most certainly have to be delivered by the end of the week or at least sometime within the month and starting to fill those things in accordingly. And then usually uh, for me, those things get handled in the morning, they get handled before lunch. And then it's the afternoon that allows me to have a little bit more flexibility. And, you know, with this whole idea of prioritization, I mean, I've been having on my to do my priorities equals prosperity list for like a month now, update my blog, send an email out to my list. Right. But I just have not had the chance to do it because I prioritize my sanity and my self care too. And so I think you have to take that into consideration. Am I being paid for this? Do I have enough space at the end of the day? Um, You know, what, is this a long term or a short term initiative? So I constantly look at those things. And for me blogging, I'm like, okay, it's a little bit more long term, you know, task. Uh, So being able to weigh those things and, uh, you know, really looking at how something's going to help you grow. Because sometimes there are things that, in the moment you're doing to kind of tread water or because you're keeping up and you want to make sure that you at least have something that you're tackling every single day that one year is going to propel you in a completely different spot that you're in one year from today. And I think that's where a lot of us also get overwhelmed, especially creatives. We're like, Oh my God, I have to do this like huge thing or every single day has to be epic or whatever you want to call it. Right. And uh, really, it's just a matter of like, what's going to help you keep up where you're at? How are you taking care of yourself as a priority? What have you already been paid to do that has to get done? And what's one thing you're going to grow? And I just mentioned four things. And if you spend two hours every day on each of those four things, you're going to move forward. 100%. Yeah, you you can't, can't deny that. That's freaking sure. So, and I'm going to get to the last couple questions, which tend to me, my audience's favorites. Uh, What was your best financial investment in your business? Wow. I mean, this, I love this question um, because again, you know, remembering how scary it was starting out, like, you know, with the whole money piece, like how much money should I charge? You know, what do I need to have in my life? So I would say for sure, B-School, Marie Forleo's B-School. That was sort of like the first program and online training that I ever invested in. I paid for it in full. It was kind of meaningful because my mom's parents had passed away and they were both entrepreneurs. And so I used money that I inherited from them to get that. Um, So you can't be afraid, you know, to invest in yourself, but it was definitely B-School. And I was a marketer and I just was like, I'm not, some Marie Forleo obviously does marketing really, really, really well. And I'm not going to assume that I know everything about marketing. So there's anything (laughs) babes listening tweet me when you uh when this broadcast for sure yeah so definitely I don't, i'm a fellow b-schooler yeah. um i know i think i was what year was i 2014 i think okay what year were you like 2012 i want to say yeah. oh wow og og i know was laura roto there when you were there uh she had just her marie oh, had, had just like you know parted ways gotcha gotcha gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so then, uh, what was your worst financial investment in business? You know, thankfully, um, knock on wood, I don't (laughs) think I've quote unquote made a bad financial investment. Now I've, I've grown a lot less, uh, 
rapidly than a lot of people in the space because um, I have been really conservative. You know, I tend, I've been bootstrapping this whole time. So I had a certain amount of cash that I started this business with. Yep. And, you know, it's all been about like incremental and quality over quantity. Um, I would say the only thing that's a bad investment is I hate becoming one of those people where I bought two really awesome programs now. And because some of the stuff I've been sharing with you today, I've had a lot on my plate. Yeah. Um, I haven't, you know, one of the programs I got through like the second or third module and the other program I need to do. Neither one of those broke the bank, but I, I don't want right. to be one of those people that buys things and has them sit right. itself. Yeah. So I would just say, if you find that you're, you know, a frequent program <laughs> buyer, but you're not implementing it, Maybe you should just, you know, pause and say, okay, let, I'm going to treat myself to this next thing. Don't, don't fear the FOMO, right? Don't fear the FOMO because there's nothing worse than spending money for programs and tools that you can't use. And then you go out and buy another one and you're just, you're creating a bad habit now. So I right. got to, I got to take my programs and finish them, but no, I, love that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's for sure. Well, where can people find you online? Website, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. But yeah. So, um, I love this question, especially I love networking. So, you know, Jordan and I met online I've had a lot of great friends I've met online. So you can come to my website. It's JacquelineMullen.com right now. Uh, might eventually evolve to just ask Jack. You guys heard it here first and yeah. on Instagram, I'm at Jacqueline Mullen. I'm going to spell my name just cause it can be misspelled between the first and last J A C L Y N M U L L E N. That's the same Twitter, uh, same for Twitter. And on Facebook, JacquelineMullenMedia.com. But if you go to my website, you'll have links that you can click through to all those places. Let me know you came from System Save Me, Jordan's podcast. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to have you all listening here today. This is so cool. Yes, this was so, so perfect. And I love, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of my audience would consider themselves creative entrepreneurs. And so to have somebody that is creative that, you know, can support the, the systems lifestyle. <laughs> I appreciate. So thanks so much for coming on. I, I absolutely loved interviewing you and getting your perspective on things. So I think it'll really help people think about how systems can be implemented and what boundaries they can start to really put into their, into their business. Yes. They can save you for sure. For sure. <laughs> Jordan, thanks for having me and for everybody listening today. It's been a real honor. listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.